4: At luckylandslots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.
0: This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: It is the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. I am here live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. James comes to us via. Denver Colorado as we roll through the week 10 card here what happened today in the NFL look ahead to Monday night and also keep tabs on the Sunday nighter where they have just kicked off in the second half the Kansas City Chiefs leading the Las Vegas Raiders 17 to 7 the Raiders got the second half kickoff and they are on offense Derek Carr scrambling for what looks might be uh, might be a first down there that'll get them out to about the 35 yard line and the Kansas City Chiefs are six and a half point favorites. In the live market, your total is at 50-and-a-half. James, the afternoon window on Sunday kicked off in Southern California where the Minnesota Vikings were visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. Minnesota comes in at 3-and-5 on the year, and the Chargers coming in at 5-and-3. This line was three points in favor of Los Angeles really for the entire week, and then we saw the Charger money continue to roll in, and this game closed at three and a half. and with a total of 53 and a half. And once again, these pesky Minnesota Vikings found themselves uh, playing another very competitive game. It was back and forth for a while, but a real gutsy effort by this Minnesota defense. Uh, you and I pointed out on the Saturday preview show how injured they were and banged up, but they really came to play. And then ultimately, I I think it was the Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook show. If you look at Cousins, 25 of 37 for nearly 300 yards passing, no uh, interceptions and two touchdowns. And then Dalvin Cook, 24 rushes for nearly 100 yards on the ground. And we know that Chargers' run defense is really their Achilles heel.
5: And Justin... Justin Jefferson for the Vikings had some ma- huge catches today 9 receptions 143 yards some big plays on third down to move the move the sticks and sustain drives for the Minnesota Vikings and I think for the Chargers, there was a lot, of, a lot of issues in that secondary. Not a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Some back-end issues with some communication, especially on third down. It was a big fourth down play that they had that they couldn't get off the field with miscommunication. And then down in the red zone, there was, and again, here we go, going for it on fourth down as opposed to kicking the field goal. They had a fourth, uh, I think it was around the three-yard line, Minnesota goes for it. And you knew they were going to run these crossers. exactly what happened. The Chargers run into each other. The two DBs knock each other silly and there's an open, there's the touchdown. I think that really kind of changed the the mindset for the Vikings in that game. They went for it as a gutsy call to go for it in that first half. They were able to, to get put that touchdown on the board and a lot of finger pointing going on with this Charger team in that back end on that defense in the secondary. So I guess on the offensive side for the Chargers, really, again, not much of a commitment to run the football. I really like Austin Eckler as a running back. He's really versatile player, but they just don't commit to th- to running the football. It wasn't like this game was getting away from the Chargers in that first half. But he only had eleven carries for the entirety of the game, and a lot of carries was going to Larry Roundtree early in that early in that first half. Didn't really understand the reasoning why not get Austin Eckler going in that game, especially considering all the injuries that were out for the Minnesota Vikings. All the a lot of a number of starters out and really physical game. A lot of plays last week playing at Baltimore really guts the effort like you talked about for this Minnesota's team for this Minnesota team going on the road but I think more so on the Chargers side uh, they're still trying to find themselves there. Brandon Staley, new coach there. They're still trying to figure out who they are. And I think at this point here, we know he's a defensive coordinator coming over. Uh, didn't see much of a defense today. Not much of an adjustment either from the Chargers. So going to be a tough battle. Didn't you say they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers next week? <laughs> that's going to yeah. be that's going to be a grind out. I mean, you think about that offense right now for the Chargers. Lack of running game. Lack of commitment to running the football. And now you're going to play a, a Steelers team that we'll see if Big Ben is able to get back out on the field next week for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you're going to have a salty Pittsburgh Steeler team coming in to play this Charger team next week.
3: Yeah, big games on tap for both of these teams. Minnesota will return home to host the Green Bay Packers, and that's first versus second place in the NFC North right there. The Packers certainly with a good cushion of a lead over Minnesota, but here's a real opportunity for the Vikings if they want to get to the postseason. And you mentioned the Chargers' uh, Sunday night football uh, they will welcome the Pittsburgh Steelers to SoFi Stadium. And uh, also the Raiders are in the end zone there. So they uh, act quickly. They're getting the ball uh, in the second half. The first possession there of the second half goes to the Raiders. They act quickly with a touchdown. Derek Carr, a touchdown pass. And it is now 17-14 in favor of Kansas City. And the Chiefs are now 3.5-point favorites in the live market. Your total the total hasn't moved a whole lot. I guess the odds makers think this game is exactly on pace because 51 and a half is the live number here for the Kansas City Chiefs and Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders will come back and kick the ball off back to Kansas City. Just about two minutes elapsed in the third quarter. James, I thought you mentioned it there when you were talking about Brandon Staley, a defensive coordinator, uh, of course now head coach of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, and you mentioned that this team's kind of still trying to find its way. You know, as NFL handicappers, I mean, going into week one, I think that's maybe the hardest because it's so hard to know who these teams are. You can do all your offseason research. You can watch preseason. You just oftentimes don't really know. Now, by the time we get to week 10, we start to have a good idea of who some of these teams are. But, you know, I I thought I knew who the Chargers were. I'm starting to get very confused about this team. I am t- On both sides of the football,
5: we talked about Austin Eckler and really versatile back not really being involved in the running game, only had 11 touches, three, three receptions, had a number of targets, but not being able to get him out in space. He's such a versatile player. Got to find ways to get Eckler more involved in this offense, but it feels like it, offensively it's, well, Justin Herbert, you're you're big fella, stand tall in the pocket, let's keep slinging the ball downfield. I know you got some bigs to throw the football to with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but Got to have some sense of being able to get some things down in between the seams, something in between the, the hashes, and I think that's where Eckler needs to get more involved. Haven't really seen much from the tight end position. Jared, Jared Cook, and they, they had been finding Parham and, and Cook had been part of the offense earlier in this season. They had between them five targets and only two receptions for 27 yards today, so a lot more throws Outside the numbers that we continue to see, I'm starting to see more and more with this Chargers offense. They're going to have to find some ways to get the ball down the seams, down the middle of the field, and find some confidence right now for Justin Herbert because he didn't didn't really see a whole lot of confidence with him throwing the football today and, and weren't able to convert a lot of third downs. And then you're right, on the defensive side, on the other side here, I know there's a number of injuries that's not very strong at the linebacker core, and there are some injuries on that back end and forth the safeties. But yeah, those things got to be worked out during practice, and we saw a lot of miscommunication. Got Chris Harris yelling at one of the safeties, telling him to come up. Their lack of communication there. You're trying to fix those things during the game that comes down to preparation and right now the last few weeks uh, over the course of the season we're 5 and 4 right now for the chargers but it feels like they're trying to figure these things out in the during the game as opposed to coming into these games prepared and it cost the chargers today for sure being lack of preparation on that defensive side
3: yeah, I think a part of this problem, or this team's problem, is uh, the defense. Uh, obviously, they can't uh, stop the run. You mentioned the uh, lack of uh, strength there at the linebacker position. They have some star players in Joey Bosa and Derwin James, but they I think they need some more beef in the middle, uh, be able to stop that run. If that defense can get really dominant – then I think you could possibly see that offense really shine. But right now, there is so much on the shoulders of Justin Herbert, it seems, that the Chargers uh, certainly struggle on occasion. Uh, Kyler Murray, he missed his second straight start for the Arizona Cardinals, and Colt McCoy got his second straight start for the Cardinals in the absence of Murray as he continues to nurse that ankle. Uh, P.J. Walker Got the call at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in for the injured Sam Darnold. But guess who it was that uh, got on the board first for the Carolina Panthers? Cam Newton with a rushing touchdown for his new slash old team uh, to get Carolina on the board. Took a 7 nothing lead there. They were seven-point road underdogs. Carolina got a lot of late money, especially when that quarterback uh, change was announced uh, that that was a very late decision for the Arizona Cardinals announcing that Murray would miss his second game. But they close a seven point road underdogs, 41 and a half for your total. And then Cam did it again on the second offensive series for Carolina, this time throwing a touchdown pass. And I tell you, James, pretty soon it was 20 to nothing in favor of Carolina. And then they went into the half 23 zip. I mean, this game was pretty much over before it started. No show, no show performance out of the Arizona Cardinals. And we talked about that. It was a
5: contest play for me for the Panthers. I did bet it this morning at 10 before that number started to move. And thinking here with the Cardinals, after that huge win at San Francisco with their back, with Colt McCoy stepping in, played very well. Connor had a huge game last week, and then they have a big game next week at Seattle, a divisional matchup in the NFC West. What was the energy level going to be for the Cardinals, knowing that were they going to be able to all step back up again? I think we saw that from Colt McCoy. There's a reason why he's been a journeyman backup his entire career. Not a good game out of Colt McCoy, but this doesn't fall on the the shoulders of Colt McCoy. Uh, And and maybe I'm a little biased, Brady, because the – the position I have with with the Coach of the Year ticket, because I got a couple tickets with Bill Belichick, and the front runner was there for Cliffs Kingsbury with the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of that falls on Kingsbury, right? The the preparation coming into this game, you kn- they knew full well that Murray was not going to be available in this game, and it really felt like they just took this game lightly against the Carolina Panthers, knowing the quarterback situation that was happening with P.J. Walken, PJ Walker having to come in and make that start today really just a no-short performance all the way around. I think that falls squarely on the shoulders of the coach there with the Arizona Cardinals.
3: Yeah, and, you know, I have to say it wasn't necessarily something I didn't expect to happen. And We often talk about the underdog that wins outright, that goes into the role of the favorite. That certainly was the case for the Arizona Cardinals. But also – you know Colt McCoy gets that you know rushed into uh, action against the San Francisco 49ers. Next man up, the team's inspired, and then kind of reality set in, and this is Colt McCoy, and there's no DeAndre Hopkins and no Kyler Murray, and uh, you know Carolina took advantage of it, played a nice game, and uh, won this one easily, 34 to 10. Your final, Carolina outright as a road underdog they will return home to host Washington that'll be an interesting reunion Ron Rivera and Cam Newton the Carolina Panthers taking on the Washington football team next week we'll come back with more in just a moment right here on the Pro Football Blitz
0: terms and conditions apply
3: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on FSN,
0: the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you and the Chiefs are down in the red zone once again at the 10-yard line of the Las Vegas Raiders with a first and goal situation. Make that now a second-and-goal situation as Patrick Mahomes misfires their incomplete pass. Under eight minutes left to go in the third quarter, still 17-14 to 14 in favor of Kansas City, and they have now dropped to five-and-a-half-point favorites in the live market on this drive earlier. They were up to six-and-a-half-point favorites, but uh, not uh, going successful there on first-and-goal and now not successful on second-and-goal either. Their number has dropped to five-and-a-half Uh, in the role of the favorite in the live market. Your total going up now, James. Finally up and over the original game closer of 53.5. We're now at 55.5 for your in-game total. Uh talking about the Arizona Cardinals and their loss to the Carolina Panthers earlier today again 34 to 10 your final and only 10 points on the board for Arizona. I mean they just really never could get anything started here. A good win for the Carolina Panthers who kind of finally right the ship. They've actually won two out of their last 3 games and they're at 500 on the year, 5 and 5 on the season. Arizona drops to 8 and 2 James and they've actually lost two out of their last 3 games. Um, you kind of talked about how you're not necessarily uh, displeased to see Cliff Kingsbury lose a football game with your ticket there on Bill Belichick to win Coach of the Year, but do you think this team is still absolutely one of the contenders in the NFC when they get healthy and get all their uh, their skill position players back?
5: Uh, offensively, yeah, I think Kyler Murray is such a difficult guard because he has, even though you, you're going to rush discipline, stay in your lanes, contain He's just such a, a crafty player, just as the speed that he has to be able to get outside the pocket when plays break down and coverage break down, be able to just create plays out, 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 out basically ad-libbing plays because he is such a dynamic playmaker, his speed and his athleticism. But, you know, this this is now handling success. I think, if, if anything, thinking about coming into the NFC West, as we saw that prior to the preseason coming in, where were they picked to finish? Most folks were thinking they were going to be on the, it was going to be the most competitive division in the NFL. In my mind was going to be the NFC West. And was it going to be Arizona? That was going to be the team that was bringing up the rear in that division. Uh, Right now it's sitting with the Seahawks and probably the 49ers after tomorrow night, but now how do they handle this? We saw that last year and we talked about this last night where the Cardinals got off to a really good start last year, not as good a start as they did this year, but then we saw them really fall off in the second half. Teams were able to adjust and be able to to contain Kyler Murray to a better degree in the second half of the season, and now when there's expectation put on top of you, not only from the Arizona Cardinals offensively, but also with Kingsbury, and now they're expected. When you start off and you're the last team to go undefeated until they had that loss back to Green Bay a few weeks back, uh, there's a lot of pressure to be bad when it's one thing when you're the underdog and nobody has those expectations for you, but then you get off to the hot start that they did and they still got a number of tough games to go here. at Murray will get back out there. He'll get healthy. He'll probably play next week. He was pretty close. They're talking about playing here, but why play him? Why risk him? You're going to play a bad football team so far that we've seen out of the Carolina Panthers, but you got to come with some kind of effort and energy. It's just hard to sustain that, right? Brady, week in and week out, we saw great performance great great focus great intensity last week from the Arizona Cardinals but that doesn't carry over from week to week and it's hard to replicate that that same especially when you're thinking about the opponent that you're facing here and yeah, as far as the Cardinals go, no, I still think the Rams are the best team. And, we, and pretty easy to say that with all the talent that they've amassed. But uh, to me, it was the Rams was the best team in this division prior to the season so far, even though the, really a dud performance last week on Sunday Night Football from Los Angeles against Tennessee, uh, to me, it's still the Rams division to lose.
3: Yeah, I was going to kind of go there with you. And it, it think I think, you know, the eyeball test is the Rams look like a better team. And, and maybe... This is recency bias. We just saw that Arizona Cardinals team lay an egg today. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago they lost to the Green Bay Packers as well. Uh, So the shine is coming off the Arizona Cardinals just a little bit. But I think coming into this week, coming into this game against the Carolina Panthers, the stock probably couldn't have been any higher on Arizona. Uh, They had just beaten the San Francisco 49ers on the road with a backup quarterback, no DeAndre Hopkins, no A.J. Green. There was all this talk, like you mentioned, Cliff Kingsbury's, the now the favorite to win coach of the year. Everything was, you know, coming up roses for the Arizona Cardinals, and that's when a team can really get bitten, and that's exactly what happened uh, thanks to the Carolina Panthers. But I wonder now going forward from a betting perspective, James, we just kind of talked about it the you know the visual is that the rams are the better team and, and maybe they are i don't necessarily disagree with you but from a betting perspective maybe next week we get a little bit of value on arizona because that shine has rubbed off a little bit the last couple of weeks or or two out of the last three weeks and and they looked absolutely awful today you wonder what we'll see they're taking on the seattle seahawks in week 11 another divisional matchup and the seahawks didn't exactly look too good today either no, we didn't
5: didn't see much of it. I mean, they got shut out today and Russell Wilson. Then we talked about that. What was he going to be with Not only so much the layoff, just a month layoff. He's used to playing every week. He never gets hurt until this past until he hurt that finger and had to have surgery. But how is he going to? How is his hand going to respond coming back? How is that finger going to respond coming off that surgery? His first game back, speed of the game, grip on the football. It was going to be cold and windy out there, and I I don't know if the weather really impacted the ability to throw the football more so than his. How healthy is he, and how is his hand? But I think both sides. I mean, you think about both Green Bay. It's it's a week to week league, Brady. We know that, and I think, yeah, maybe some of that shine is coming off, and you start to get a better number coming back with the Cardinals. But I need to see that team fully healthy out there, and before before I'm ready to start jumping back on the Cardinals. It's one thing to start sneaking up on teams when nobody expected to do anything this season, and you were picked to finish maybe middle of the may, middle of the pack within the NFC as far as the Cardinals were concerned. But now, if that some of that shine has come off, and the novelty is worn off as far as coming out and starting the season the way that they did. I don't know. Where's the leadership on this team for me with the Arizona Cardinals? They still need to prove it to me first. And right now it's probably a team that I'm not really looking to back until they're fully healthy. And even if they are fully healthy right now, I think there's some question marks going forward with this Arizona Arizona team thinking about the psyche of where this team is, of where they've been. You mentioned they've lost two out of the last three and then losing the game the way that they did to the Panthers. Every team's going to have a stinker effort. That was their stinker effort. Did they get that out of the way? Or is that something that's going to continue? I think that's what we're going to find out next week when they travel up to Seattle.
3: Well, you talk about the leadership, and that's kind of interesting. You know, they lost J.J. Watt to injury. And, of course, absolutely, he was a leader. And, you know, he was actually having a pretty decent season. And we know J.J. Uh, JJ Watt is getting up there in years, and we don't expect him to be the impact player that he was for so long earlier in his career, but I think absolutely he gave some leadership to that defensive side of the ball, and maybe that's part of what you're seeing there with him out due to injury, James, something to consider there. Uh, and I know you like to look at that type of thing, you know, the locker room setting and the leadership and the attitude of a team. Maybe J.J. Watt is a factor. Can be. We, we've we seen it. We've saw it play out. It's not, I can think about our
5: the the home team here in Denver, Brady, and I've been talking about the disconnect between that that coaching staff and the players on that team and within that locker room. We saw a total lack of leadership with the Denver Broncos here. I'm not saying that there isn't some sense of leadership within this Arizona locker room, but I need to see it play out first. We saw that last year. We talked about the hot start that the Cardinals got off to last year. I just wonder if some of that doubt starts to creep in from how they started last year to the second half of how they finished And now kind of are they regressing back to the mean of what happened last year? There's got to be some kind of doubt. That's where the leadership really kicks in, whether it's the coaching staff and or certain players on this team. And right now, I'm just not. Where is the Where is the veteran leadership on the team? It's a really young team. You think about Kyler Murray. Yeah, he's a he, he's a fantastic playmaker, but he's still a young quarterback and a lot to prove. He's going to have to prove it out there on the field. They got to get him back out there, get him healthy. But I don't know. I just feel like there's some doubt. There could be some doubt creeping in as far as the confidence for this team because what happened last year and how they finished out. Now they're starting to see some of those same trends and some
3: of that regression that we saw last season. Got to be some doubt creeping into
5: that into the mindset of that team
3: so i mentioned that the arizona cardinals will take on the seattle seahawks next week in week 11 that one will be up in seattle and we'll talk about seattle's game with the green bay packers in the next segment, but uh, James, it is pretty interesting that the Carolina Panthers are going to host the Washington football team in week 11, and there's a lot of crossover there. Of course, Ron Rivera, the former coach of the Carolina Panthers, and his quarterback was Cam Newton, and now Cam Newton has come back to the Carolina Panthers to join that team, so that'll be an interesting contest there, and I mean, who's the better team in that matchup? I mean, Washington had a great game today. They went out right as nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. They knock off Tampa Bay. And you've got two huge underdogs that went outright. Now they're going to go face each other. I mean, what do you do with that one? Maybe, that, maybe that's a big stay away. It probably is. I mean, can they sustain that
5: from one week to the next in the Washington football team? But big win for them. They needed to get their mind right there and a lot of expectation for that Washington football team defense coming into the season. I, do, I did see Chase Young have to not so much get carried off but really limped off, came off the field very gingerly. So some key injuries, especially you're talking about that front line. I think Sweat was out for this game for Washington today against Tampa Bay and with Young going out today too. Something to keep in mind because that is the strength of that defense is that front
0: four.
3: All right, when we come back, as promised, we will talk about the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. They met today in Lambeau Field. We'll talk about what's on tap for those two teams next week in week 11 as we roll on here on the Pro Football Blitz.
0: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on v the sports betting network.
3: We have a new prop tracker now available at vcin.com for you to keep up with the key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs are on the board again. They went for it on fourth and goal from about the two-yard line. Patrick Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey for a score, and they are back out in front by 10 points. And James, I tell you what, the Raiders came back on offense, and in this second half, they have had no problem moving the ball. Derek Carr with a couple of long passes downfield to penetrate this Kansas City defense, but... His brand-new wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson, he finds him well into Kansas City territory, and he gets the ball punched out, a fumble recovery for Kansas City. And Patrick Mahomes and company are back out on offense again. And it looked like the Raiders might be able to trade punches with Kansas City here uh, in just a shootout. But uh, neither defense can stop one another, and now the Raiders are on defense once again. Uh, if they can't get a stop here and Kansas City goes up by 17, that's probably the beginning of the end. Right now, 24-14 to 14, with about three minutes left in the third quarter, and Kansas City is a 10.5-point favorite in the live market. And Patrick
5: Mahomes making some throws
3: now. I think there's... Because they're playing ahead. We've seen this with this
5: defense or lack of defense for the Chiefs, with Mahomes always feeling like I've got to score on each and every possession and and try to force some plays and force some throws because if I don't, we're we're gonna be falling behind, continuing to play from behind as opposed from playing ahead. That's what they've been doing this entire game, playing ahead. And now we're starting to see some more Patrick Mahomes I had a really sweet throw on a on a deep out. Uh, a deep out route to Tyreek Hill, and that looked like the Patrick Mahomes that we're used to seeing as far as his accuracy his accuracy is concerned uh, but yeah not much of a pass rush coming right now and they're really holding up here the and know they had the Wiley having to step in as the third string right tackle in this game but really not much pressure from this Raiders pass rush from those front four and haven't seen much of an adjustment from the first half to the second half to try to get Mahomes to move around and get him off his spot he's having a pretty clean pocket to be able to throw the football that's not what you want to see if you're the Raiders defense trying to face Mahomes the way that he's throwing the football right now.
3: No you're absolutely right max crosby has really not been a factor now i'll tell you i've seen him get held a few times uh, we do see that and that did not get called but uh, no for the most part absolutely the chiefs offensive line and that might be the biggest story here james and, and you know we talked about this in previewing this game can we really say that the chiefs defense has been improved uh, with what they've done over the last 4 games they haven't really played great competition uh, and the and the, the time they did when they played the Tennessee Titans they gave up 20 uh 27 points now I think in this de- in this game here in the first half especially their defense has looked probably a little bit improved. But I think maybe the biggest thing in this game is the offensive line. We know they were struggling as well, and that was probably leading to a lot of sacks, a lot of turnovers by Patrick Mahomes. He- he's been basically untouched this evening. That offensive line maybe be the biggest improvement we're seeing right here in Week Ten.
5: Yeah, and as we say that, I think that was Crosby who just got right into the backfield and started chasing Mahomes around. <laughs> Mahomes doing his best impression of last year's Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, having a run for his life and end up throwing the football out of bounds to, to save the field goal here coming up with with Harrison Butker. But yeah, I think But the consistency to get that pass rush. And we've seen that out of the Raiders so far on those edges in Gakwe as well as Crosby. Being able to, to beat those tackles and really create some pressure and close that pocket just haven't seen it consistently tonight, although that was a big stop right there to be able to keep them, keep them within a two score game as the field goal is up and the field goal is good now. So, but still within two scores, finally the pass rush shows up for the Raiders to keep them in contention in this game.
3: No, it's absolutely a big deal. That really is a stop of sorts. Obviously they did not keep them off the scoreboard entirely, but in the live market, the odds makers know too, they have downgraded the uh, spread here on the chiefs. They were nine and a half or ten and a half point favorites just, Just a moment ago, but with the Raiders holding Kansas City to a field goal, they are now eight and a half point favorites in the live market. Your total back down to 51 and a half. Uh, let's get to the Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. We were talking about this game just briefly in the last segment, and I loved your comment on Saturday, James. I wouldn't even hadn't even been thinking about this, but we were uh, thrilled that we weren't getting Geno Smith versus Jordan Love in this game. And I, I tell you what, the way the game started out, maybe it would have been better off with those two guys in the lineup. But uh, no, it indeed was Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers back in action. At Lambeau Field, where the Packers played host to the Seahawks, and this line bounced around quite a bit between three and a half and three in favor of Green Bay. The consensus number at the close was kind of in between. Minus three on the Packers with juice at minus 120. 49 was your total total. And you and I talked about this on Saturday. Maybe Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, having had some time off, maybe they come out a little bit rusty. Ah, they don't need practice. They're, they're Hall of Famers. They've been doing this a long time. I think they probably did come out a little bit rusty. At halftime, we talked about playing the under in the first half. How about 3 to nothing, Green Bay after uh, 30 minutes of football?
5: Yeah, all over that yesterday, Brady. Unfortunately, I didn't play that one. I didn't, I didn't do the under. I had enough <laughs> other. That's the one. That's the under I should have. Now the unders actually came through for me today, but that's the one I needed to not have a sweat uh, to the final end. But yeah, three nothing, and maybe potentially with the rust there, more so just the speed of the game. I think that's part of it, but I think the other part too with Russell Wilson. How was his? What was his grip going to feel like on that football? He said he wasn't a, He said he was getting close to a hundred percent, whatever that means. But when you're talking about having to having to hold the football, especially when it's it's... It's going to be cold there and not having your, you know, your extremities get cold there and your fingers are getting a little stiff. And I'm sure his finger was probably a little stiff. He threw the ball like a stiff today, really. But (laughs) I think so much of the credit. To the Green Bay Packers is the defense, and we've seen it consistently for the most part each and every week for the Green Bay Packers. You know what you're going to get offensively with Aaron Rodgers. But it's this defense and uh, keeping them competitive. We saw that last week in Kansas City uh, led to them being able to cover that seven and a half point spread because of the defense being competitive each and every down, getting off the field, really putting great pressure, good coverage on the back end, great pressure on the quarterback, which is really interesting considering that right now Green Bay is missing their top corner with Jair Alexander, Alexander being on the injured reserve as well as they've missed Zadarius Smith. Basically I think he played the first game. Didn't finish that first game. He's been on the injured list all season with a back injury. He's one of the better pass rushers in all of football. So you're talking about two pro bowlers on this defense that are not playing out there for the Green Bay Packers. Yet this is a team that is staying competitive each and every game because of it's really this defense that continues to carry them uh, forward and a great defensive performance by the Green Bay Packers again. Maybe some rust and really that, that injury for Russell Wilson contributed to his poor performance, but I really attribute it to that Packers defense and really getting after the quarterback. 3 sacks on Russell Wilson and he was just he felt like he was pressured each and every time he dropped back to throw.
3: Yeah, you make a good point there about this defense, James, and that's two weeks in a row. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers wasn't in the lineup. It was Jordan Love last week in a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, but the defense, I thought, was maybe the biggest story about the game. I I thought uh, Green Bay really dominated that game, and most of all, their defense. Offensively, with Jordan Love at the controls, you know it wasn't that pretty, Uh, but that defense was outstanding, held the Kansas City Chiefs to just 13 points. They shut out. The Seattle Seahawks today, 17 to nothing, your final. And James, I don't know if you saw this or heard this anywhere. Russell Wilson has never been shut out in his career in the regular season or the playoffs. 168 games. He had never been shut out and Green Bay pulled it off today. We know what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams can do. Now, Aaron Jones was injured today. Definitely want to keep an eye on that. I don't know if that was season ending, but I know I heard some reports it did not look good. I believe it was a knee injury. We'll see how that goes. But going forward with that defense, and we know this offense can be very powerful, would you look at possibly playing a future bet on Green Bay?
5: I was looking at that as far as winning the Super Bowl. They were, to me, the, the Super Bowl winner is coming out of the NFC. I already have a ticket on Tampa Bay, and I, th- I was looking at it last night. It was sitting at 12-1 to 1 at a couple spots for Green Bay, figuring, let me get on both sides of that. I didn't end up doing it last night. I'm sure that number is going to come back down in favor of Green Bay. But you mentioned Aaron Jones. He is pivotal to that offense. And I know A.J. Dillon is is in there. And really, they the, the passing game was to the running backs today. A couple really big plays in the passing game to both Dillon and Aaron Jones before he went out. But I think that, that key, they need that depth at the running back position and it's going to be A.J. Dillon going forward. We've got to see where Aaron Jones stands. So I think before before I get involved with a future on the Green Bay Packers right now, I need to see what his status is going to be going forward for the running back for Green Bay.
3: Yeah, now A.J. Dillon filled in uh, admirably and uh, scored a nice touchdown late in that game to give Green Bay a 10 to nothing lead. That was really the difference maker there. But absolutely, Aaron Jones is a Big part of that offense, not only in the running game, but catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So I would be taking a hard look at that as well before I got involved in the futures market on the Green Bay Packers. The Packers will head out to Minnesota to face the Vikings in Week 11. That is a very important divisional tilt there. More important for the Vikings, who currently trail Green Bay in the division are trying to make their way back into the thick of things, getting a win today to bring their record to four and five on the year. Minnesota was made a three point favorite in this one way back in June. I don't know if that will be the case when we hit week 11, Seattle's back at home to host the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle originally opened as a three and a half point favorite in that one. We'll see where that one falls and you can find out next on the opening line show. It's coming up here pretty quick. Stick around. We'll be back for one more segment on the Pro Football Blitz.
1: I see I see OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because you I not it. Ain't
2: it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts
3: Network. This is
0: the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on V the Sports Betting Network.
3: The VSIN Midseason Football Special is here. For only $99, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on vcin.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. That is out, and it is fantastic. That's part of the deal. It's a great deal, only 99 bucks for the rest of the football season. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Final segment of the Pro Football Blitz, and then we pass the baton to Matt Eumans and Jonathan Von Tobel for the opening line show as your Week 11 handicap begins in the NFL. They'll also go over some college football openers as well as they get you started on Week 11 in the NFL and Week 12 in the In college football, checking in on Sunday night football, it looked like the Raiders were going to have a chance. It was very interesting. Derek Carr just threw up a desperation ball, maybe kind of a glorified punt there, but it was an interception. I don't know what he was really doing there. He was feeling some pressure and just kind of threw it up for grabs. It was intercepted. The Chiefs went back on offense, but then the Raiders... Uh, forced them into a punting situation, and a big move there by Andy Reid. He calls a fake punt, and Tommy Townsend, the punter out of University of Florida, throws a dart to the uh, wideout on the left side. They get the first down. The offense continues here for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs as they currently lead. By 13 points 27 to 14 they are now facing third and long under 14 minutes now left to go we are into the fourth quarter the final frame here again with a 13 point advantage for Kansas City and James that was a fantastic play call right there because that was going to give the Raiders another chance and Andy Reid had been seeing how this team had been starting to chop up his defense
5: welcome to Vegas, Andy Reid, get the dice, let's sling them, <laughs> take a shot, we're not afraid to gamble, and feeling like maybe he needed that here because now Mahomes, he's, we were talking about Mahomes just taking what the defense give, gives him with a lot of deep coverage from the Raiders, kind of forcing the ball out there, and now he forces up another throw And ultimately, it's a tremendous play here. I can't see what the number is here. Uh, It's Williams. Williams comes down with a big touchdown grab, not open whatsoever, really a forced throw again from Patrick Mahomes and is bailed out by a tremendous catch by Williams to go with a big touchdown here to go up 33 to 14.
3: Yeah, 33 to 14. Indeed, the live line currently not being published as they await the extra point here, but the live total Is it 51 and a half? That can't be the case as we've already got 47 points on the board. So it looks like my uh, screen here, maybe. And there's an update. We've got 12 and a half for the spread, but 51 and a half. That in-game total doesn't seem accurate, James. You want to get in on the over with me? (laughs) We've already got 47 points on the board and the in-game total showing 51 and a half that can't be accurate.
5: yeah right i think are, are they i'm wondering if they were nope they're setting up for the pat i know they were thinking maybe he crossed the line of scrimmage before patrick mahomes threw the ball up for grabs on that last touch and he was very fortunate because he the the pass before that same kind of play forced it into double coverage and should have been picked off by the raiders couldn't come down with it the secondary couldn't come down with that couldn't come down with the interception and and here we again they very fortunate for kansas city at this point now the total's up to 48 i I don't see a live line. I'm mine is closed here, Brady. What do you got for a live line? I don't have one. Yeah. Here. I, I just, you
3: can... I just hit refresh because 51 and a half. Oh, 61 and a half. That there makes more go. sense. 61 yeah. and a half. So, uh, and, and I tell you what, I think it'll turn out that that uh, call for the fake punt by Andy Reid was the call of the game. Because if the Las Vegas Raiders get the ball back, there, trailing by 13. They, like I say, they were really chopping up this Kansas city defense in the second half. Now, Kansas City defense forced a turnover, but Derek Carr was getting the ball downfield with ease against that Kansas City secondary. And if they score another touchdown off of that Kansas City punt, all of a sudden you've got a six point ball game uh, and the Raiders are right back in it. So that, that was absolutely a turning point. Now this game is uh, pretty much uh, all for not for the Las Vegas Raiders and their backers, 34 to 14, a 20 point advantage with about 13 minutes left to go in the final frame. Uh, James, for the third week in a row, this has been a phenomenon you and I have been witnessing here on the Pro Football Blitz. We saw the money come in heavy on the Philadelphia Eagles. Many shops closed this game as pick'em. The Denver Broncos opened up as three-point favorites, but by the time we got to kickoff, again, many shops had it at pick'em. The consensus number was Denver minus one with a total of 44 and a half. And the Philadelphia Eagles, sure enough, they got out to a fast start. They went up 10 to nothing. But then the Broncos came right back and tied it up at 10 apiece. But then the Green Birds they flew out on top once again. They were up 20 to 10 at the half and deep into the third quarter. And then the play of the game here. Melvin Gordon and the Denver Broncos go for it on fourth and short. And he fumbles the football. Darius Slay comes out of the scrum with the ball and returns it 80-some yards for a touchdown, and that was pretty much it. Philadelphia wins outright as a short underdog in Denver, 33-13, your final. Yeah, and that big play right there,
5: thinking about Slay, he's scrambling around. He's got picking up the football inside the 20, kind of zigzagging back and forth, really not much of an effort from the Broncos to take him down, and Teddy Bridgewater had an opportunity to take him down. Teddy Bridgewater looked and said, "You know what? I'm on a one-year contract here. I'm not <laughs> going to be here next year. I'm not sacrificing my body and maybe sacrificing a contract next year if I get myself banged up trying to lay out and and take Slay down for the touch or you know knock him down and and stop the ball. Really, uh, that's where yeah, definitely a game changer there. But no effort out of the Broncos. And now I, I this was one I feel very fortunate. I had the under in that game at 45, and I was playing the under from this." Retrospect, thinking about the Broncos coming into this matchup. Yeah, huge win last week against the Dallas Cowboys. No-show performance from Dallas after their big Sunday night football win with the backup quarterback at Minnesota but with the Broncos, that offensive line was really banged up. Both starting tackles were out for this game today against the Eagles, as well as their uh, their right guard has been out for a while with Guys and now has been out for a while on injury reserve. Left guard has been banged up this season too, and Reisner. So thought, all right, the game plan is going to have to be try to run the football, keep it conservative here, and that's what the Broncos were on their side. And for Philadelphia, being able to to try to get the running game going, we've seen that the last few weeks for for Philadelphia. I think they've realized we can't have Hertz back here throwing young quarterback that he is back there slinging the ball 35 40 45 times a game we've got to get the running game going that's exactly what they did for the last two weeks it's exactly what they did today 40 carries 40 rushes today for philadelphia just 23 pass attempts for jalen hurts that's the recipe for success for the philadelphia eagles going forward but talked about the denver broncos and i've been talking with you about this each and every week i know they had a great performance last week at dallas but i feel like there's been a big disconnect really for the last couple seasons with somewhat with the office. The front office is in complete disarray. The ownership, it's a mess here with the ownership with the Denver Broncos, but I think it really filters down from the front office down to the field to the coaching staff, and I just feel like there's a disconnect between Fangio, Shermer, and this young Denver Broncos team, and they've been swinging and missing at the quarterback position for years through the draft, bringing Teddy Bridgewater to be that stopgap well, we saw the stopgap saying, "I'm not going to put my body on the line here. I'm not interested in, in putting and sacrificing for this football team." And I think that's where we see with this Denver Broncos team. There, a lot of players kind of, in a sense, playing for themselves. Not a lot of leadership in that locker room either, via the coaching staff and/or on the field for this for for this Denver Bronco team on that roster. And I think we saw that play out today. So. Great win by the Philadelphia Eagles going forward. We've seen now they're starting to find their identity. It's not going to be slinging the football each and every day with Jalen Hurts. Let's commit to running the football. That's exactly what they've done the last three weeks. Yeah, tough loss last week to the Chargers at home, but huge win going forward today. Really dominant performance on both sides of the football for the Philadelphia Eagles here in the Mile High City.
3: You know, it's pretty interesting, James. You and I talk about it a lot, and we knew there were going to be a number of situations that came up in Week 10. Uh, where the underdog wins outright the week prior, and then the next week they go into the role of the favorite. All three of those teams that came up in that situation today lost outright. The Arizona Cardinals were pummeled by the Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos pummeled by the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Tennessee Titans. I shouldn't say they lost outright. The Tennessee Titans did not cover the number against the New Orleans Saints. The other underdogs that won outright, now they didn't come out in the role of the favorite this week, but the other underdogs that surprised everybody last week, the Cleveland Browns were a short dog to Cincinnati. They got hammered this week. The Atlanta Falcons off of that upset over the New Orleans Saints, they got hammered today, and the Jacksonville Jaguars after upset the buffalo bills they got hammered today as well the only one that was not in action was the new york giants they upset the las vegas raiders as underdogs outright in week nine they were currently on their bye in week 10 the eagles will host the saints in philadelphia in week 11 the broncos will be on their bye week james real quick here the rams laying three and a half points on the road the total of 50 and a half what are you doing for monday night football I think what I'm going to do, I like the Rams in this
5: spot here. They, they've they got to be really salty from that horrible performance last week, especially offensively, that offensive line, letting Stafford just get pummeled. Bad decisions from Stafford, reincarnated with Jared Goff there from years past. I think for Stafford, they're going to write themselves here. It's a banged-up defense for San Francisco. like the Rams in this spot, but I like better Stafford, a player prop, over 2.5 touchdown passes plus 160 pretty juicy number here i think stafford lights it up tomorrow
3: yeah against that san francisco secondary i can get on board with that for sure next up it's the opening line show with matt humans and jonathan von tobel right here on visa the sports betting network